Hey everyone, welcome to a special edition of the Story Collider podcast. We're launching a fundraising drive on Patreon, and one of the rewards is a special monthly podcast of the mini-stories you never get to hear on the normal podcast. This is going to be a sample of those. But first, briefly, what's going on? The super short version is that we're running out of money. We had a startup donation for the first few years, which was great, but that is coming to an end. So we're coming to you for support and asking you to head to storycollider.org donate and become a donor. Now, we know not everyone can afford it, and we're committed to keeping the stories free and available to anyone. And so here's how this is going to work. We found the system, Patreon, that lets you make monthly contributions at any level you like. A dollar a month, five dollars a month, or more if you can. Five dollars a month is about a dollar per podcast. So if you like the podcast, if you think the stories are great, if you believe in the idea of telling true stories about science and getting to the human side of science and you think it's worth that, please sign up and help us keep it available for everyone. Uh, If you do that, two cool things happen. One, uh, a donor gave us a month to sign up as many people as we can, and for each person that does that, they'll chip in an additional $10 for the first month, up to 1,000 people. So that's maybe an additional $10,000 we can get. Second, at every show that we do, every live show, there are hosts. Uh, Me and Aaron Barker in New York, Brian Wecht in London, and Ari Daniel in Boston. And we tell little storylets in between each of the main stories. But you never get to hear those on the main podcast. So now, if you donate $5 or more a month, we'll give you a special monthly podcast made up of those. Again, the main stories will always be free, but this is something cool and extra as thanks. We really believe in what we do in bringing out the human side of science, and we hope you do too. And if you do, head to storycollider.org slash donate. Thank you. And so here are the samples of those little mini-stories. The first one is me from an event at Johnny D's in Somerville, Massachusetts in June 2013. Every, every time we do a show, we pick a theme. Uh, this month, the theme is the science I never expected I had a very expected experience. I was a theoretical physicist, and that meant I just sat at a computer all day and typed and did computer code, and it was kind of awesome. It, it almost looks like not doing science, which some people would argue it is. Um, but uh, one time, uh, I was in Chicago, and one of my friends had uh, some backstage passes to see the Field Museum, and we got to go in the research areas. And even as a scientist, like getting to go back, back I said backstage at the Field Museum, can you tell I'm used to the theater now? Um, but uh, getting to go back in the research areas in a museum like that is really exciting. And so a bunch of, uh, of us got together and we went in. We're, we, were, we were like kids. And the first thing that we did is we ran down to the basement where they have the warehouse full of dinosaur bones. Because that's the first thing you're going to do. Um, and, you know, they have Sue the T-Rex out in the front of this museum. It's a wonderful thing. It's actually a replica. The real Sue is down in the basement in pieces um, for safety. But so we're down in this thing, and it's just row upon row of dinosaur bones. It's like a kid's dream come true, and we're walking around, and we're so excited, and we find the guy whose job it is to, like, maintain the dinosaur bone area, and all he wants to talk about is his new forklift. He is so excited about his new forklift. He's like, you would not believe how much easier it is to get the bones around inside this place with this new forklift. And we're like, okay... Let's talk about the bones. And he's like, no, do you see how small the forklift is? It's still easy. So awesome. 
And I'm standing there, and as we're talking to him, there is a bone on the ground, like from here to here. It's a giant femur, I think. I'm not a biologist. But it's a bone. It looks like a dog might get it if it was a giant-sized dog. But it's distorted. It's really thick because it has this huge plaster cast on it because they, they put them in plaster casts. And I'm looking at this thing, and I see on this plaster cast there is a number, and it's 1948. And I look at the guy who's still going on about the forklift, and I say, this, is that a year? Is that 1948? And he goes, yeah. And he said, does that mean this bone was put in that cast in 1948? And he says, yeah. And I say, why has nobody taken it out? And he goes, eh, we have more dinosaur bones here than we know what to do with. <laughs> what? Th this is not a concept that anyone should ever express, right? Like, okay, we have more colanders than we know what to do with. I get that. We have more USB flash drives. I get that. We have more dinosaur bones than we know what to do with is not a well-formed English sentence. <laughs> And so we're, we're kind of stunned by this. And we're like, you know, we're all sort of physicists. We're like, is this how biologists behave? Um, yes. And um, so we go upstairs to, like, see other stuff, maybe people who won't talk about forklifts. And um, we get into this room, and I apologize for this next part because it's going to be slightly disturbing. But we go in, and there's a lion, and it's dead. Now... It was a lion that had passed away from natural causes at the, at the zoo. And what they had decided to do, because they thought this would be a brilliant idea, was to do an autopsy on the lion during the open house day. Okay. So this guy's doing the autopsy, but the, the thing that got to me, as someone who loved doing my science behind the computer screen, was that he was digging into this lion with his hands. And I don't mean with his hands inside gloves. I mean with his hands. And he sort of pulls them out and is talking to us, and his hands have red, gory stuff on it. And the weirdest thing is, okay, if he's here with the lion, and we're here, right here is a desk with, like, ordinary desk stuff on it, like papers and a computer. And I'm looking at it, and one of the things on it was a cookie jar. And it, it had a lid. And I remember thinking, I am so glad this cookie jar has a lid because this could be such a crazy health hazard if it doesn't. And right as I'm thinking that, the guy pulls his hand out of the lion, reaches over, grabs a can of Diet Coke, and takes a giant swig of it. This is the day I learned I was perfectly happy being a theoretical physicist sitting behind a computer. Totally fine with that. Since telling that, I asked a museum professional about it, and it turns out that's the normal way to do it and is quite sanitary. The second mini-story is from Erin Barker. She told this in Pittsburgh at the Rex Theater in October 2013. So I can tell you a story that explains why I am not a scientist and why that's a good thing for everyone. Um, when I was in the fifth grade, uh, we had this thing called the Inventors Fair that we were going to do, and I was very excited about this because I had suspected for a long time that I was the smartest person in my class, uh, based on a lot of positive reinforcement I was getting from my mom. <laughs> so I was feeling really good about this, and I just knew I was going to invent probably the best thing. And I got real excited, and then I totally forgot about it, all the way up until the morning of the Inventors Fair, <laughs> when I suddenly realized over breakfast that I had failed to invent anything. 
So I thought, what can I invent right here, right now, on short notice? I can invent a sandwich, right? So I invented the peanut butter and jelly surprise, which, in case you're interested, is exactly the same as a regular peanut butter and jelly sandwich, except, surprise, there's a piece of ham in the middle. <laughs> so I made this sandwich. I only made one, <laughs> which really is probably for the best, because nobody wants to try that. And I brought it to school, and all the other kids had amazing inventions, like stuff that could literally be sold on the Home Shopping Network today, like self-cleaning cat litter boxes and all this stuff. And then there was my peanut butter and jelly surprise. I think that was like the day when my parents realized I was never going to be the next Thomas Edison. Oh, no. It's not in the cards, I know. Can get but off. I get to be here and host this show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Thanks for listening. We hope you like what we do and want to contribute.